Welcome to Breaking Bad News, Apron Food PR's podcast about food brands, recalls, withdrawals, alerts and issues, and the way they're treated in the press and on social media. Welcome to this edition of Breaking Bad News. I'm Jeff Hahn, and in this episode, I'm going to cover off a combo meal. I'm going to talk about September and October 2019 together. That'll help me catch up with you a little bit because I've been out working on Breaking Bad News. It's been an enormous time sink and such a labor of love, I have to say that I'm glad that I've been doing it. It's taken me seven years to get it across the finish line. It's off to the print layout guys, then to the through the publishing process. All of that's good news. And if everything works out right, in Q1 of uh, 2020, we'll see some books. My hope is that it'll be in both Amazon and airports. It's kind of my marketing plan for Breaking Bad News. So that's good. But the bad part is I've been absent from the podcast a bit. Of course, I've also been missing my partner, Jenny, who's been out um, bringing baby Charlotte into the world. And by all accounts, all of that's going famously. So today I'm on my own with you. And I do have some really fun stuff to talk about. We're going to work through a number of trends that I saw in the September-October time frame. And I got to say just off the top of my head that um, the number of recalls, withdrawals, safety alerts, etc. weren't very many in those two months combined. In fact, I think, I'll look through my notes here, but I think I only had nine total to choose from. So a pretty small pool of opportunity to look at. That said, there was a pattern that I saw, and so I'll be able to talk you through that and get back on track with our podcast here. We, uh, of course, are very committed to this, and being on track is so important. We like to say that people need to eat, so we support brands that feed them. We have to do the same for our podcast. So thanks for hanging in. And today, when I package up September and October together, you'll see how we um, see a, uh, find a pattern in all of this. By the way, uh, before I jump too far down, I mentioned Breaking Bad News. I want to give a plug to the book and uh, let you know that there are other podcasts that I'm appearing on now to talk about Breaking Bad News. I was recently on Confessions of a Marketer, really like that. In fact, it became a two-parter. The Be Real Show, there's a podcast called PR and Politics, and I was on the Real Food Brands podcast as well. And so you can have a listen to any of those. They're really fun to listen to, and you'll enjoy catching up with me and where I'm at in my thinking on Breaking Bad News. I talk a lot about the tools and the process that goes through the book. Well, for this podcast, I'm going to start with my combined September-October recall of the month selection. And here's my headline. My headline is, are you chicken or what? Now, why did I make that headline up? I'm doing my research on the FISIS website and seeing in September and October that USDA recorded a total of nine recalls, as I mentioned earlier. Um, for two years, the, the average was about one a day. But in these two months, we only got those nine for 60. So, hey, you get some insight into 
why I thought combining months made sense. That same thing is going to be true in November and December, I bet. We'll see, but uh, when Jenny gets back, we'll make that decision, and she'll get to make the call. All right, about the headline, are you chicken or what? These were the recalls between September and October. Number one, Hy-Vee Grocery recalled ready-to-eat beef and chicken product due to misbranding and undeclared allergens. Astro Chef recalled chicken pub-style entrees, same reason as Hy-Vee, misbranding undeclared allergens. Tip Top Poultry recalled ready-to-eat poultry for listeria contamination. Typically, listeria, as you know, that will trigger a class one recall. We'll be talking more about Tip Top. Number four was Maw Maw's Chicken Pies. They, that, go, those, uh, that recall got made because of chicken and meat products, also for misbranding and undeclared allergens. There was a company called TR Enterprises, T&R Enterprises, who did a recall on meat and poultry due to, quote, insanitary conditions. I don't know what this means, insanitary. Not unsanitary, but insanitary. There's got to be a reason it's worded like that. I haven't done my uh, dictionary lookup yet, but that'll be one of the things that I do for you. When I... Talk to you in the November time frame on the next podcast with Jenny back. I'm sure we're going to cover that again. What's the difference between insanitary and unsanitary? You'll find out. I'm going to add just one other because it's crazy. It's not quite in the pattern, but I just got to talk about it. H&T Seafood had to recall Salura Farms because they appear to have skipped the inspection step in their processing. But that word, saliriforms, you just can't let that go. So what the heck are they? Well, it turns out saliriforms are catfish, or I guess more technically, ray-finned fishes. And um, there are dozens of different kind of saliriforms or catfish. In India, in the India-Nepal region, there is a fish called the goonch, and the goonch is a catfish cousin, I reckon, and I guess that's the way to say it. But you might have gone fishing in the upper Midwest where you caught bullheads, very similar, same family or same uh, taxonomic tree that those all fall under. But, you know, in the catfish arena... You got your, this is going to sound like a Forrest Gump episode, you got your channel cats, you got your Aristotle cats, you got your flathead cats, you got walking cats, electric cats, you got your striped eel cats, even blue catfish. And hey, here's a little trivia for you. The biggest catfish ever caught in the U.S. was a blue caught in the Missouri River in 2010, 130 pounds. I don't know about you. I see something that big coming up out of the water towards me, that big of a mouth, I'm dropping my fishing pole. That would not be a pleasant moment for me. But I'll t- <laughs> but a 130-pound catfish, a saluriform, uh, made its way into the record books on that, on that particular cast. So congratulations to the fisherman who brought him into the boat. What's this got to do with my headline? Are you a chicken or what? Nothing, because there's no type of catfish named the chicken catfish so 
All I've proven so far is that I'm off track. But I couldn't resist talking about these, this word I'd never used before, siluriform. So I will uh, get back on track. I did reel off those other five recalls, all involving chicken. So more than half of those recalls were chicken-related, and that's what brought us to the pattern that I'm going to talk about. Of course, the question we always try to examine here on Breaking Bad News is, did the news media treat these recalls in any unusual way? I've got these five that are chicken-specific. We'll find out after the break how I broke them down, see them uh, and classify them together, compare and contrast, and then I'll do a little bit of work with you to examine why is it that one of these got treated really interestingly by the news media. Right after the break, we'll come on back. This episode of Breaking Bad News is sponsored by no one, because no brands want to be associated with this topic. And can you blame them? The team from Apron Food PR, however, is proud to step into the vacuum. You can learn more about Apron Food PR's brand protection and promotion work by visiting apronfoodpr.com. Hey, welcome back to the second half of our September-October combo meal, Recall of the Month. This is a combined months podcast. As I've been catching up from my time away writing Breaking Bad News, because five of the nine listed recalls on the USDA website were chicken, chicken's got my attention. And for this particular episode, it's got yours as well. Americans are going to knock down about 96 million pounds of chicken this year. If you think back just 50 years, for example, we uh, Americans consumed about 38 million pounds of chicken. So we're obviously in a chicken groove. We like it, and that 3x increase over the past five decades really tells us the degree to which the popularity of chicken as a poultry product has increased in the American diet for the American appetite. I got a uh, personal aside. I raise chickens for my 4-H projects. Uh, I don't like them. I have no affinity for them anymore. And once you raise them, you'll feel the same because they are awful creatures in my book. I didn't have any egg layers that created any sort of uh, wonderful experience for me on a regular basis. I just had uh, uh, <laughs> chickens that we were going to butcher for meat, and so they were just mean. And I won't spoil it too much for you, but in the Breaking Bad News, when, you, when the book comes out, you can read a little story, kind of funny, about my chickens in the aftermath of a crisis event. And I won't uh, spend too much more time on it. But in respect to these chicken recalls, I did some searching about each of them, try to get a sense of which ones really made news. As it turns out, tip-top poultry recall did get special treatment. A few interesting points popped up about this one. First, tip-tops was chicken in several forms, frozen, cooked, diced, shredded, and it was a ton of it, 135,000 pounds. So when we talk about forms, it means it's used in so many different ways in a lot of ready-to-eat or ready-to-use form factors, ready-to-eat sandwiches, chicken salad, frozen items, 
chicken pot pie. The, the That particular item was sold by Trader Joe's. Butter chicken spring rolls sold under a Kroger's private selection brand. There's a lot of different aspects of how this particular use of chicken um, spread itself across different outlets. Second, this particular recall, Tip Tops, was Listeria-based, which made it a class one recall. You'll remember from our August podcast with Libba Letton, class one recall is a health hazard situation where there's a reasonable probability that the use of the product will cause serious, adverse consequence, or uh, even death. So uh, class one recalls are pretty serious. There's a third thing about this Tip Top Poultry recall that was interesting to me. Um, Tip Top supplies chickens to a bunch of hotels, restaurants, and here's the kicker, retail grocers. All right, think about the distribution nightmare that this is. Trader Joe's, Aldi, Target, Walmart, Costco, Giant, Kroger, Food Lion, Harris Teeter, Bilo, Piggly Wiggly, and King Supermarket. There was 83 retailers in all, all across the country. When we take that and think about it from a news media standpoint, which we always like to do on the podcast, we got to be aware that that kind of distribution magnifies the news-making potential. Now it's a national story. And, of course, when we think about tip-top poultry in this respect as um, our recall of the month candidate, you've got to take that into account. But there's more. There's kind of a strange twist to this story that makes it a little bit newsier, although I didn't see it really get a lot of pickup. It just caught my attention. Tip Top Poultry initiated the recall after samples of product were confirmed positive for listeria after being tested in Canada. Well, that makes it now an international recall, and uh, it creates another point of magnification. The biggest reason, though, may have been an unforced error on the part of Tip Top Poultry itself. In its uh, lengthy web-posted statement, nearly 900 words, the company said in the first paragraph, Tip Top Poultry is shutting down this foul cooking line until it identifies the source of any potential contamination and completely eliminates it. Now, you may not, well, you may think I'm uh, nitpicking, but that's what we do on when we're in the word work of crisis communications like we do here at Apron. And so you look at that line and say, is there a better way to say that? I'm all for empathetic messaging, but Tip Top could have used better words so they don't hit consumers wrong. Think about just that word foul. Instead of saying this foul cooking line, which could be confused with F-O-W-L, confused with F-O-U-L, use the word poultry. I mean, it's not that difficult of a change, but it could make a slight difference, especially to an uneducated reporter who simply says, hey, you've got a foul cooking line here. You admit it. Well, you don't want to have to imagine a 60 Minutes interview around that where the reporters misconstrued a word because they didn't actually read it. They heard it from their news director. It just becomes one of those exasperating moments. I think also for Tip Top, you know, 
it's okay in a recall situation to get boring. Anytime you read a recall statement that's so lengthy, that nearly 900 words, that the last paragraph has to start with the phrase, in conclusion, you know you've probably overcooked the grits. You know, in conclusion is what the president says after the State of the Union is wrapping up. So it's just one of those kind of things like, hey, you know, thank you for saying all of the things that were on your heart, but let's trim that back and make sure that we use rhetorical devices that help persuade and connect without overdoing it. For example, triads. You know, in Breaking Bad News, I talk a lot about the magic of triads in messaging. Tip Top actually did use a triad in their statement. They just went on too long. So hit your points, make them quick, and get on with the getting on. Now, for Tip Top, the reason that they get the recall of the month sash and crown is because their uh, recall garnered more attention than all of the rest of those in their cohort. For news, they got over 1,800 stories, um, 1,100 Twitter posts, blogs, 525 of them picked up the news. On broadcast, um, so in news we had 1,800 stories, but half of those, about 500, just over 500 were broadcast. And then Facebook posts, mm, around 300. It's quite a bit ink compared to the other recalls in September, October. And as much as I like the name Mama's Chicken Pies and I wish I could vote for them, they didn't register as high. So Tip Top Poultry, sorry to say, you get the recall of the months. The bottom line of this recall of the month is that if you want to stay out of the news, describe your product by its <laughs> taxonomic name, like Saluriforms. No one knows what that is, and the press won't pick it up, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. I'm making fun of that, but the lesson that we learn in the messaging here is that we've got to be brief and consider yourself in a recall moment wonderfully boring. You do want to make a great commit. You want to talk about corrective action. You just don't want to do too much. What consumers really need is to see that, hey, they've said it, uh, they've got a plan, and they're executing that plan. Of course, USDA will back that conversation up with their updates on their website as well. Well, we're heading into the holidays. It's got me thinking about 2020. Next month, Jenny's going to be back. And in the new year, I'm looking forward to talking with her and you about several subjects. I've got all-you-can-eat buffets on my mind. I think that would be a fun one for us to talk about in January. Very exciting stuff in that space. And, of course, um, all full of ranch dressing. So you can't beat all-you-can-eat buffets from a topic standpoint in that respect. I'm also going to update you on the latest about Breaking Bad News, where we are in that. And I'm thinking that I'm going to do an extra episode on a new product that we've developed here. We're starting to roll it out to clients called the Cassandra Calculator. Cassandra Calculator, we'll talk more about in the future, but it's a tool that helps clients understand their risk profile, their rapid response capability, if you will, before bad news breaks. I'm really excited about this particular product. I think in just a half-day session with clients, working through the calculator allows us to see gaps and risks that um, may sometimes slip through the radar. 
that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. I also want to talk about some historical aspects of food safety, the Pure Food and Drug Act in particular, and the big story behind how that Pure Food, um, Pure Food Dr and Drug Act of 1906 came about. Really interesting. We'll jump into the time machine and have some fun talking about that. And, of course, all of the other recall news and how the news treats it. All that and more is ahead. Looking forward to covering it with you, as well as the recalls that come along with each of the months in 2020. Thanks, everybody. I'm thinking about November. Thanksgiving's coming. So my only advice, don't chew with your mouth open. Have a great month. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Breaking Bad News. Subscribe and learn more at apronfoodpr.com. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. It really helps.